Hello there, I'm Aaron Martell. I'm Sam. And I'm the professor. And welcome to Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews, a podcast where we talk about and review a rock album of our choice. This episode, we are taking the professor's pick and we are going to review Tom Petty's 1994 album, Wildflowers. So, Prof, how did you get into Tom Petty and where do you come in with Wildflowers? Well, Tom Petty's kind of always been around. I mean, he's been recording, what, since 76? He, he put out his first album and he's he's always kind of like that middle of the road guy when I was growing up. He was just, he was there. He was kind of like the Florida's answer to Bob Seger, not to insult either one of them. But in Cleveland, that's kind of what it was. It was just, you know, he's pretty good. He's got some good songs. Didn't know anybody that owned a thing that he had until uh, he put out Southern Accents. And then he was all over the place with uh, the videos that he did on MTV where he was the Mad Hatter. But mm-hmm. um, I, I always liked him, never really owned anything that he had. I did get Full Moon Fever when I was in England. And um, I really, really liked that album. That was just, and it was coming through when I was just, I just moved there. We're still trying to settle in, and it's freaky to be that young, that the young of a father, that newly married, and overseas and completely out of touch before the internet age. That was a bit of an adjustment, and I remember playing that that album to death. In an odd way, my life kind of paralleled Tom Petty's in a, in, in a way, in an instance that I was going through the same dissolving of a marriage at the same time that this album came out. And a friend of mine, my supervisor, actually gave this to me. I'll give you more on that later. He gave me this CD after a conversation we had. And he said, this song really reminded me of you. And here, here's the CD. I think you'll really like it. It's just the album really spoke to me in a really profound manner when I was going through this similar range of feelings. This is a really personal album to me. Okay. Sam? Um, Very much the same as Ray. It was always around. It's actually eerily similar to Ray. It was uh, in my dad's recollections on the radio all the time. It's still on the radio all the time. It's just, I was never like introduced to Tom Petty. It was just there. But this album, though, I, I think my mom bought it for me. And it was like, Ray, this is weird. But uh, my dad had left my mom like the year before. So she was dealing with some of the same things, you know, in a woman's perspective mother's perspective that uh maybe ray was dealing with and uh mom really loved this album so when this was suggested i was like oh yeah because i immediately thought of my mother and um that's it's very personal to me too and hell yeah uh thanks for picking this one ray (laughs) (laughs) we've covered tom petty and the heartbreakers only once on the podcast which boggles my mind considering what a massive fan i am of the man and that was way back on episode 15. We did Damn the Torpedoes pretty much right after he died. And I said then that I remember Refugee when it was playing on the radio a ton in what, what, 70, 1979? Mm-hmm. And I loved the song Change of Heart a couple of years later. That's still one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. And that's when I really became aware of his name. And he was just one of those guys. We're all saying this. He just seemed like he was always there putting out hit after hit. But I didn't buy a Tom Petty record until Full Moon Fever on CD in 1989. And I adore that album. It's one of those records that became important to me. And that started the usual chain reaction where I just had to collect the whole back catalog on CD. And I just became a huge Tom Petty fan. 
So when Wildflowers came out in 1994, I was just I was ready for it and I just got it right away. And that's where we'll start with this one. Now I'll give you some basic facts about this record pulled straight from Wikipedia. Wildflowers is the second solo studio album by American musician Tom Petty, released on November 1st, 1994 on Warner Brothers Records. It was produced by Rick Rubin, Tom Petty, and Mike Campbell, and was recorded from July 20th, 1992 to April 29th, 1994 at Sound City Studios, Van Nuys, California, and Ocean Way Recording, Hollywood, California. It reached number eight on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart and is certified three times platinum by the RIAA. And here's the musician's lineup card. We have Tom Petty on vocals, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, harmonica, bass guitar, harmony vocals, Hammond organ, piano, percussion, and harpsichord. Mike Campbell on electric guitar, bass guitar, slide guitar, acoustic guitar, choral sitar, harpsichord, piano, Hammond organ, and drums. Ben Montench on piano, grand piano, electric piano, Hammond organ, mellotron, tack piano, harmonium, xenon, and orchestron. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. Howie Epstein on harmony vocals, bass guitar, and backing vocals, and Steve Ferroni on drums. There are additional musicians, which we'll mention as we see fit. Okay, let's jump into a track-by-track analysis of this album. Leading off is the title track, Wildflowers, written by Tom Petty. Sam, what do you think? Um, when I first uh, hearing this, and like later on when we started the research for us, I, I found this uh, song strange for an opener because on other other albums, not all of them, but other albums, he's hit you with a really nice rock you know, to start off. But I really dig it, man. I love this single acoustic guitar strum with the vocal and the different instruments come in later and kind of accent things, but. The piano, when it comes in and starts playing, it's fucking beautiful, man. I love the words and lyrics of this song. And uh, I think it's a strong-ass opener, man. I, I love it. Prof. Well, like Sam said, the album kicks off with a three-minute and ten-second stream of consciousness song. Petty's daughter had said that her dad would often go off into a studio shed on his property, and it was his man cave. It was his place of solace. He was never bothered while he was there. He would write songs and work on demos there for hours. Um, the song came out so easily that Petty had surprised even himself. It spooked him. Uh, here's a quote. It says, I took a deep breath and it just came out. The whole song, stream of consciousness, words, music, chords, finished it. I mean, I just played it into a tape recorder and I played the whole song and I never played it again. I actually only spent three and a half minutes on that whole song. So I'd come back for days later playing that tape, thinking there must be something wrong here because it just came too easily. And then I realized that that's, that there's probably nothing wrong with it at all. Rick Rubin, the weird producer guy that had wanted to work with Petty 
and was obsessed with Full Moon Fever, through a series of events came to produce this album when Petty signed with his new label, Warner Brothers. The song starts with that gentle strumming of an acoustic guitar. You can hear the pick strumming the strings, that distinctive little flick when you listen closely, and Petty singing the first chorus. After the line, Somewhere You Feel Free, the piano joins in, accenting every line with lightly touched twinkle of the keys. The piano builds into a discernible chord progression along with the twinkle after the line. I love the way that the music and the instruments gradually build, and it's almost unnoticeable unless you're paying attention. Same with the background singers. The song really struck me. It's, it's a hopeful, uplifting song. Shake off the bullshit and value yourself. Like the idea of, hey, I should expect more of life than this. Find You a Lover really got to me because I couldn't have felt more unloved as a person at this time. Besides the fact that I was living the life of a monk, um, I like the song that, that the, the song, like the idea, grows stronger as it goes along. So kind of like when you get a, a little idea in your head and you kind of, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you brush it off. But if you keep thinking about it, it gets stronger and you can you can actually see yourself building into that, if that makes any sense. So I guess technically this is a Tom Petty solo album as opposed to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But there are Heartbreakers all over this record. So the point is a little moot. This starts all folky with Tom Petty himself on acoustic guitar and singing, and it builds up with quite a bit of instrumentation that kind of sneakily comes in, like the piano and harmonium played by Heartbreaker stalwart Ben Montench, the bass and harpsichord played by Heartbreaker main man Mike Campbell, and the light orchestrations conducted by Michael Kamen, rest in peace. This maintains a light, breezy feel, and that's how Petty sings it, though I read that the lyrics were inspired by his first marriage, which was coming to an end, and basically Petty's telling her that he thinks she's a good person that deserves happiness and hopes she feels free enough to find love again with someone else. Even though this wasn't released as a single, this track is immensely popular with TP's fans, and it's a lovely tune. The next track is You Don't Know How It Feels, written by Tom Petty. Well, let me get to the point Let's roll another joint Turn the radio to laugh I'm too alone to be proud And you don't know how it feels You don't know how it feels To be me Professor, lead us off. All that organ swells and then warbles before that country blues slow pseudo shuffle starts. Harmonica playing soars and the entire melody is accentuated by that plodding drum beat from Steve Perrone. This is the first song I heard off of this album. And in a bizarro parallel, I was riding a professional high at the time. I had recently come into a new unit and I had gone on my first deployment in my new role. And things couldn't have gone better for me. My commander was super happy with me. My crew was really happy. We had a blast. And the unit that joined us had a few unpleasant experiences with previous deployments from people from my unit. They thought we were lazy, condescending, soft, prima donnas, which most of the rest of them were. Um, But a week after we returned from the, the deployment, their commander presented me with a plaque as a lifetime honorary member of their unit at a base commander's call. Hmm. Which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was in front of like 200 people. I had no idea it was happening. And I was a walk-on-water rock star. Sorry, Mr. Paul Stanley. I know you don't want people calling each other that, but that's what I was at the time. <laughs> um, plus, I was so humble about it all. Wink, wink. 
I was insufferable, but I outworked everyone. So, you know, too bad. All of this was going on. And personally, I was miserable at home. I was a dirtbag. Every accomplishment or accolade was met with a dismissive disdain, a big, eh, so what? And I had gone out then with my then supervisor and good friend over a beer we were talking. And he was he was going over the sky's the limit stuff for me for my career. And I basically said my version of this song to him. Like, you, you have no idea what I'm going through. <laughs> like, yeah. This is all great. But, man, this is really taking a back seat. So he heard this song. He said it, it made him think of me. And I got this CD from him. He gave it to me after I told him how much I loved Full Moon Fever and how I identified with that album during a, a kind of a rough patch adjusting to life in England. And he said this, like I said, he said the song made, me, made him think of me. Needless to say, the song is something I easily identified with. Lyrically, I could picture Tom Petty meeting up with an old friend that knew him before he became Tom Petty. And he just saying, it's not all it's cracked up to be, dude. Let's just get to the point and roll another joint. The Wurlitzer electric piano in this song is the stuff my dreams are made of. I love those things. Wurlitzers and, and Rhodes are the greatest instruments ever for blues. And the entire song is such an exercise in how to groove while playing super restrained. Everybody's just playing so loose on this, but it's just staying within that framework. It's such a good song. And everybody sings along to it in the chorus. Sam. I agree with uh, Prof all the way. Everything uh, he said was uh, spot on. I agree with it about the, the song. And it's just, it's weird. It's a different song. It's like a sad, the lyrics are sad if you like kind of look at them, but it's kind of jaunty, like how everybody's so happy and joyous when they sing it. But man, that's because this is like my boy Tom's not doing so good. But I love those kinds of songs that have sad lyrics and like a, a happy uh, melody or something, or vice versa, like really happy lyrics and really sad, uh, you know, in a minor key. You know, so that's great. And then the video where, uh, you know, it's commonplace now, but where the uh, the trans woman, I'm guessing, has kind of pushed uh, Tom aside. And I'll never forget when I first saw that video and he like kind of looked and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. And uh, I remember thinking like, he's got a sense of humor. And uh, on, on that video, I thought that was awesome. And I remember, uh, I think I was going back and forth to my mom's a lot because I had just moved out and I was like, mom, can I watch clothes and stuff like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure we saw this video. I know she saw it. And uh, so that, that was pretty cool. However, I don't ever have to hear this song again. <laughs> I, if Lou, man, I need that shotgun from Lou. Like, <laughs> man, do you know a, a co- twice on two days this week, because I've been paying attention, they've played the song like within three hours of each other. Wow. They played it twice. And I'm like, we just heard this damn song. So I've been skipping this damn thing all week. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm done with it. I loved it then, but this is total, complete, the epitome of earburn. So, original Heartbreakers drummer Stan Lynch, he was kind of a freewheeling character. He was a hothead whose personality really came through in his loose style of playing on the classic Heartbreakers material. But his abrasiveness would occasionally clash with Petty. And by this time, he was on the ropes with the band and would eventually be fired before this record actually came out. 
His replacement was Steve Peroni, a player who didn't have Lynch's wild abandon, but he provided the music with a steady pocket, which is what he does here and really fits the more mature singer-songwriter material Petty was writing at the time. Petty himself is on all the guitars and bass and plays the Bob Dylan-esque harmonica hook that repeats throughout the song. Tench returns on grand piano and electric piano. You mentioned that, Prof? Yes. And Campbell plays the second guitar solo on the track while Petty handles the first himself. It's got a very laid-back groove, and Petty goes easy on the vocals again. And lyrically, I'm getting that he's bummed out from his relationship that went sour, so he just wants to chill out, take a moonlight drive with a friend, and smoke a little weed. Like all classic Petty songs, it's got a catchy chorus. It makes you want to take that ride with him. This still gets radio play, and it was the first single from the album that reached number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, Petty's last appearance in the Top 40. The following track is Time to Move On, written by Tom Petty. It's time to move on, it's time to get going. What lies ahead I have no way to know. But under my feet, baby, grass is growing. It's time to move on, time to get going. Broken skyline, moving to the airport. She's an honest defector, conscientious objector, now her own protector. Sam, your thoughts? Man, I really love this one. I love the drums. Like, I, man, I think he's playing with fans. I know it comes in a little later when the drums come in. It sounds like fans to me. The, the, I, that's my wheelhouse. I've been listening to music like that lately a lot. And, uh, and then like the, well, the keys and that beat. Man, I don't know about you guys. You can correct me, if, uh, but I get Bruce Springsteen vibes, like '80s Bruce Springsteen. You guys get that? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like tunnel of love stuff. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And I totally do that. Springsteen's another one. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll touch on Springsteen again later. But man, and I love the words of the song. Like almost every song in this on this record has like those like little those lines that stick with you. It's like, oh, that was really nice, and it was like. It, captured the moment or captured a feeling so well but when he's under my feet babe the grass is growing it's like, it's like what are you doing you get your fucking ass up mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then a couple lines later she's she's an honest defector conscious objector and i was like oh god that was nice you son of a bitch <laughs> really good i love this song man this is three in a row that that are solid solid fucking songs prof well, the soundscape of how this song starts conjures such a, a wide open space of endless possibilities. And it's such a well-crafted song with subtle hooks that get stuck in your head. This one's hookier than the first two. Um, that chorus, verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, chorus. Such a simple formula with that bouncy backbeat and the gentle wild licks that accentuate the verses and that solo. Come on. Oh, it's, yeah. It's it got that slide with the wah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's so good. This perfectly mirrors my mind at the time, contemplating every scenario and outcome, all behind that nagging prominent urge that a major change had to happen. It's time something had to go. The chorus, as good as it is, the real gems are in the verses. Broken skyline, moving through the airport. She's an honest defector, conscientious objector, now her own protector. A broken skyline, which way to love land, which way to something better, which way to forgiveness, which way do I go? 
man, this dude, I I could just so relate to everything that he was doing on all of this has got that knee slapping drum pattern that he's playing. Yeah, I'm sure he couldn't have pulled this off as a younger songwriter. This is such a simple formula and such a simple song, yet it all sounds so brilliant. This has a quicker tempo, but it doesn't rock hard. Petty's guitars are mostly clean, and Campbell adds some slide guitar with a dash of wah-wah on it, we've mentioned that, while Tench's uncomplimentary piano and Cayman provide some subtle atmospheric orchestration. Again, the vibe is relaxed in spite of the lyrics, which are an extension of the previous two tracks and is an acknowledgement that, yes, the relationship is over and it's time to move on with your life, even though it's hard. You don't know how to do it or what direction to take, but you know you can't stand still and rot. You sometimes still fuck up, but you just got to get going and find the path to forgiveness and something better. This is another song that wasn't a single, but is popular with Petty's fans, and I dig it too. The next track is You Wreck Me, written by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. Professor, how about this? Oh, now we get a rocker built around that simple driving riff, spitting out short lyrical lines. Tonight we ride, right or wrong. Tonight we sail on a radio song. Tom wants to party. The other one that gets me is the rescue me. Should I go wrong if I dig too deep, if I stay too long? I need my friends to help me not get too down. That's just awesome. I love the breakdown before the I'll be the boy in the corduroy pants. Just how he the, the, how he put this song together is just so good. Um, once again, he takes a simple driving riff, some fun lyrics, and the band just cuts loose on this song. And there you go, another ear room for the masses, and a well-crafted one at that. This song could be the envy of countless other 90s acts, and uh, here it seems almost like a throwaway track blowing off steam. Oh, who doesn't like this tune? Sam. Oh, yeah, man. I had the same, like, same thing at the race. <laughs> it was like a rock song. <laughs> the sequencing in this record, man, I'll mention this again. It's fucking perfect. I mean, I don't think any song would would be better and uh, what, what it is. It's almost perfect sequencing. Because of this, man, you get a groovy, big, fat hit, and then you get a deep cut that I love, and then you get a fucking rocker that you hear occasionally on the radio. But when I hear this this song on the radio, I turn this one up. It's classic Tom Petty. It could fit on Damn the Torpedoes or Full Moon Fever. It's a fucking banger, man, and this is four in a row. Yeah, our first hard rocker. This is a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers song. You got the full band on this, and everyone's playing their parts. Petty and Campbell on the guitars, and Howie Epstein on bass and harmony vocals. Tenches on piano and organ, and Ferroni's on those steady drums. Campbell wrote the music for this, and it's as simple as it gets. It's all based on that one riff, dun, 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 that everybody plays and embellishes on it, and it just chugs along. It never loses momentum, even in the quiet breakdown section. 
Lyrically, it's a simple theme of a guy whose girl drives him fucking nuts, but that's also part of her appeal, and that's what makes her irresistible to him. Yeah, you make me crazy, but make sure you stay by my side wherever we go and whatever we do. This became a live staple and a classic track for Petty and the Heartbreakers, and it was the second single that reached number two on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. The following track is It's Good to Be King, written by Tom Petty. It's good to be king for a while to be there in velvet yeah to give them a smile it's good to get high and never come down it's good to be king of your own little town Sam, what do you think? Uh, I love this one too, man. I love the the mood of it. It's an odd, you know, after you had the rocker, this is the sequencing of song. After you have that rocker that it's like gets you want to drive fast and maybe say something inappropriate. Then uh, this one, man, it's like, okay, calm the fuck down. Okay? And uh, the melancholy mood and tone is just, I don't know, I, I, I can sit in it. Sit in it. It doesn't take long. And a couple measures in, I'm... And I'm, I'm, I'm in, and uh, I like the orchestral and the piano during the song kind of builds. It's back there. You have to, you have to headphone album. This whole album is a headphone album, kids, because you, you pick up other little things, right? And it's like over in this ear, you got this piano that's, you know, barely audible when you're listening on like earbuds or something. The lyrics are fucking beautiful. It's, it's one of the coolest lyrical songs that I think he's got. But at the end of it, man, this song is just becomes uh, fucking transcendent, man. That fucking Michael Kamen, which he's ruined a couple of records that that, that you've covered, but yeah. <laughs> he makes this song he makes this song really great, man. And that is truly beautiful at the end, man. I love this song, man. I, uh, it's another cranker. That's five in a row, by the way. Professor Pete, this this is another weird parallel with me. Um, he's looking at his life. And who he is because of what he does and how that comes with certain perks. In the military, the phrase rank has his privileges is very familiar to us. Well, I didn't have the rank per se, but I was in the perfect job for my aptitude, attention and drive. And that afforded me certain perks. So in a way, the line, it's good to be king, whatever it pays, really resonated with me at the time. Mostly because I wasn't being paid anywhere near my worth. But outside of me telling the commander to kiss my ass in front of the entire unit, I had very few other limits career-wise. I couldn't have torpedoed myself if I wanted to. The drum fill to start this song and the prominent piano set a bluesy mood that builds up with the chorus and resets with the verses. Second verse, the piano fades into that soundscape background. It's kind of gone, but then the organ takes over. And I just love how that transition happens. Um, Can I help it if I still dream time to time? And then he's got that that bluesy, almost George Harrison-esque kind of guitar solo that he plays in it. And excuse me if I have some place in my mind where I go time to time, but he just has to get get away for a little bit. And uh, every you, you mentioned it, but the coda playout is haunting. Those piano notes repeating over and over over the strings and the horns that just refrain is just awesome. It just takes you to a different place. He's, this, with you, Wreck Me, 
And then he has this kind of song coming right behind it. He's telling everybody this. If you couldn't tell by the first two songs, this isn't going to be the album that you think it's going to be. Mm. We're going to different places. This is just a great song. The rhythm section lays down an easy flowing groove with Campbell once again on occasionally sliding bass and Ferroni on prominent ride cymbal in the choruses. The guitars are clean except for Campbell's wailing solo and Tench plays the laid back main melody on the piano. Kamen is also back with a string section that enhances the track for most of it, especially in the choruses. But then, like you guys were saying, it takes over on the outro, lending the song an almost casual elegance. Petty sounds unhurried on the vocals, and lyrically it seems to be about the insular world of the rock star, putting smiles on the audience's faces, enjoying the perks of meeting girls and making him feel like the king of his own little world when he's on stage. This one was a grower for me. I didn't think much of it at first, but then it kind of just seeped under my skin, and now I love it. And it was the third single that reached number 68 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The next track is Only a Broken Heart, written by Tom Petty. Professor, what do you say? Well, if there was ever a song that honestly captures an inner dialogue over a difficult decision, this is it. Heartbreak sucks. There is no pain like it, period. No one wants to go through it, but he knows he's got to go through it. Uh, I love the line, but I'm not afraid anymore. It's only a broken heart. The song starts with that bright, strumming acoustic guitar that kind of reminds me of the birds, that California style that he loves so much mm -hmm. that, that he played a lot on in Full Moon Fever. He delivers the lyrics in the same style. That uh, What would I give to start all over again to clean up my mistakes? Man, wow. Just don't be afraid anymore. It's only a broken heart. That gentle guitar solo at the end of the song is another nod to the, the bird style. This is just a great song. Sam. That's interesting. Uh, like last song, uh, Ray mentioned uh, George Harrison. Well, this is the song that I thought I got right down here. Sounds like George Harrison may have been on his in his head or on his mind because that sounded. This is this is a song that sounds uh, like Beatles influenced. The sequencing on this record is fucking great, but you know you hear the strummed guitar. It's perfect. Like Gray said earlier, man, you can hear the pick hit the string. And it sounds like you're playing. That's how it sound, the guitar sounds when you're playing it. You're especially if you got fresh strings, you know, maybe a thinner pick. And this song's fucking sad, but I don't don't mind it, man. I actually, I mean, I can relate to it in a lot of ways. And uh, this is six bangers in a row. We get another light number based on Petty's acoustic guitar and layered vocals. Ferroni's brush drums and Tench gently playing with the soundscape using piano, organ, harmonium, and Mellotron. Lyrically, Petty's admitting his mistakes in the relationship. He wishes he could start things over and clean up his act. But in the end, a broken heart is not the end of the world, and he's willing to try love again should it arise. There is a sweet sadness to this that really lands. It's a moving tune. 
The following track is Honey Bee, written by Tom Petty. Don't say a word about what we're doing. Don't say nothing, little honey bee. Don't tell your mom, don't tell your sister. Sam, you like this one? This is my favorite Tom Petty song of all time. All right. It's it's everything about this track is fucking killer. From the riff to the loud fucking drums, the the laid back, they're in the pocket. I love how he sounds when he sings it, man. He sounds like he just like took a bite of a sandwich and then he's leaning over to the microphone. And, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit like that, man. It's like. That's right. He's got something. <laughs> but I just fucking love it. And I started laughing at after a few times of listening and, and like really loud in headphones. Ah, oh, man. It just hits so hard, too, man. And it's perfectly timed. He goes down, down, down. Dang, that, that stab with that man and these tellies are sounding fucking killer. And this, this song is worth the price of admission, man. How many is this? Seven? <laughs> and th- this is even better than the ones before it, man. Get out of town. Come on, man. This guy's is the top of his game. And uh, hell yeah, let's go. Prof. Well, hearing his voice introducing the song, you get a glimpse into his playful side. And the whole band kind of wants to play. I got the impression that you, it just seems like they're just, they always want to have fun at this point. They've been dealing with all this other stuff. And that let's just, you know, we're a rock band. Let's rock. And as they should, as the song is... Uh, seeing how this song is about sex, <laughs> that rip, so chunky and gritty, and it just screams, we're going to rock a little. Just like You Wreck Me, the entire song is built off this riff. You can draw a direct line between this song and King Bee, made famous by both Slim Harpo and Muddy Waters, written by James Moore. I just love how he goes, well, I've got something to say. Oh, yeah, buzz a while. Um, and then oh, he starts calling out the quality of the guitar solo using dollar amounts. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's just such a cool way where he's like $20, you know, and then $30 and then the intensity rises and he goes $150 and uh, the breakdown before the piece in the valley is just so good. And then the scat that he does about she gave me her monkey hand and a rambler sedan. I'm the king of Milwaukee. Her juju beads are so nice. She kissed my third cousin twice. I'm the king of Pomona. Well, I've got something to got say yet. Get out of town, man. Yeah, and then how he said he kind of coaxes the solo along again. He goes, That's right, do it again. And then if you really hear listen closely, where he goes, Hey, and then he rips a solo on his own, and then he says two hundred dollars for his own solo, and then millions for the whole song at the end. You can hear him say it really lightly. Uh, I mean, I love this song. I'm right there with you, Sam. This one is awesome. This could have been on anything else that he did. The second hard rocker on the album comes at us with a crunchy riff played by Petty and Campbell with Epstein on bass, a plodding tempo and cowbell baby. We get two noisy solos that brings the right amount of bluesy sloppiness to the track. And then towards the end, even Petty gets in on the action with a nice loosey goosey solo of his own. Tench plunks on the piano, 
Carl Wilson from the Beach Boys is on backing vocals, and Petty finally brings out his nasal Roger McGuinn-inspired rock voice, and he wants some sugar from his honeybee. She likes to call him King Bee and makes him feel like the king of Milwaukee. There's a vague, creepy vibe to the lyrics that fits with the music as the narrator tells his honey bee not to tell her mama, sister, or boyfriend about their affair. I'm all about it, Buzz Wild indeed. The next track is Don't Fade On Me, written by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell. I remember feeling this way You can lose it without knowing you wake up and you don't notice which way the wind is blowing. So don't fade. No, don't fade on me. Prof, lead us off. Okay, emotionally, this song soundscape conjures that desperate, fearful loss—the kind of loss that you you know is going to be personally devastating, even if you can't quite gauge exactly how extensive and significant it's going to be. He delivers this song like he's Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen in his Nebraska style, all into one. Um, I don't know if this is about his wife or if it's a friend tether to he and his wife's relationship. I have no idea who he's talking about. It's someone daring that he admires for their courage, though. I remember you so clearly, the first one through the door, and I return you find to find you drifting too far from the shore. This He's got some great lyrics in this. The most thing that the an insight into who it was about was there's an alternate version of the song that's on the wildflowers and all the rest, uh, originally omitted, I presume, because they were too personal and revealing. So don't make me feel a stranger. Don't make me feel a fool. Don't make me out an outlaw. You said there were no rules. Well, there's no rules in love. So I think it's about his wife. But what a great thing to say, don't fade on me. And the fade that happens to this person seems to be depression because while your clothes hang on a wire and the sun is overhead, but today you are too weary to even leave your bed. It's an earworm type of song to me, too, because it just kind of gets stuck in there. And this one haunts me a bit. So this one hits a little too close. Sam. Damn, Prof. Uh, I agree, man. This is, hits pretty close to home. I sent this to my daughter, man, and I don't want to get too personal, but she's going, you know, she's a young adult. She's going through some shit. But, you know, like you said, it's like an encouragement. It's like, you're going to make it through this kind of thing. I think it's fucking sad, but it's encouraging at the same time. Like the part when he goes, don't fade. And then the next time he goes, don't fade and i was like ah, that hits hard and that sounds so fucking good with the headphones this is a headphone song kids or the whole album is a headphones album i love that that blues lick after he says don't fade on me that's the hook in the in the song to me man i love that part and so yeah that's another strong one man i don't know how many this is in a row at this point but you know what number it's going to be at the end right mm-hmm <laughs> Now Petty and Campbell take us to the swamp with Clawhammer picked acoustic guitars and a simple vocal melody, and it totally works with Petty in dreamlike voice again. The lyrics find our narrator feeling his partner drift away from him. He didn't notice it at first, but now she can't even get out of bed. She's down. She's depressed. Our boy is pleading with her to not fade out of the relationship and stay present. This falls in line with the general mood of the album, and it's very effective. 
The following track is Hard On Me, written by Tom Petty. It's all I can do to keep that little girl smiling and keep my faith alive. Takes all I got to hold on till tomorrow. Sam, what do you make of this? I love the sequencing on this album, man. Uh, Tom's ain't, he still ain't doing so good. And it comes across assuming that this is about his wife. I'm not sure, but these lyrics are vague enough to like make you wonder what it's, what he's talking about. But also the, the emotion that they carry, I guess the music carries this emotion to you. Or I mean, some of these songs get you in the feels, man. I wonder what, uh, whoever he's talking about, what, what, what did she do? Uh, Okay, I'm getting depressed now on this record. <laughs> <laughs> but good song. I'm, I'm going to keep the streak going because we're, we can't stop. Man. Professor Permi. <laughs> well, Sam, this one, oddly enough, this reminds me of another song that from an artist, a different artist. It reminds me of the George Michael, Everything She Wants, that no matter what I do, yeah, no matter what I do, you still want more. Not good enough. So hard for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about this song. I just my notes are damn. Talk about a guy at the end of his rope. The uh, the line, maybe if I tried, I could turn the other cheek. Maybe, but how big do I have to be? Like, how much more do I have to take of this shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one got me. Um, I need someone to put their arms around me, shelter me from all harm, just as I find something to believe in. This shit can make me cry. So I've been there. I know exactly what he's going through, but the Hammond organ on this one, damn, <laughs> that one, that one will get into my head. This one's a kick in the gut, and I don't, I don't find these lyrics very vague at all. And he's pretty much laying it right out, like, "You suck. There's nothing I can do. I'm doing the best I can to keep our daughter happy, and you just keep making it harder on me." So. Musically, this has a very similar vibe to It's Good to Be King with Petty on acoustic guitar, Campbell on clean electric guitar, a cat named John Pierce on bass, and Tench playing a very prominent organ part. You said that, Prof. There's a relaxed, unhurried feel to this that's again reflected in the vocals. As Petty sings about someone he used to rely on, someone who was once his protector and close friend in times of need, who now always seems to make his life difficult, and our boy's having a hard time dealing with that shit. The chorus is catchy, and I like this, even though it does feel a bit redundant. The next track is Cabin Down Below, written by Tom Petty. Come on, go with me, babe. Come on, go with me, girl. Baby, let's go to the cabin down below. Professor, what do you say? Well, Sam, you mentioned the sequencing on this album. The sequencing on this is spot on. After the previous two songs, emotionally, if you're paying close attention, you need to lighten the mood up. 
And this is just what the doctor ordered. It's got that 60s pop swing to it. And the band cuts loose again. Come on, go with me, babe. Come on, go with me, girl. Baby, let's go to the cabin down below. It's just light enough to just kind of flush your 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 musical palette out. Um, and I really like the solo that Mike Campbell plays on this one. I just think that that's perfect, just how it's just so jangly. I, I can't say n- enough. It's just, what, this is the 10th song in a row, and these are all, like, great. And the weakest one of all the 10 is probably You Wreck Me. And like I said, that one's awesome. Sam. Well, well, see, this this song has been the one that kind of uh, snuck into my brain and never left this week, the past couple of weeks, actually. I've been singing and listening a lot, man. Those tellies <laughs> lodged in my ears, and I love it. It's a it's a straight rocker, man, and I love his voice. Man, he's got that ham sandwich voice. Come on, go away, my girl. It's, it's, <laughs> the ham sandwich, he's chewing it while he's talking, while he's singing. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Then baby, let's go. I know the back. Whoever's singing it with him, man, I, <laughs> it sounds so good. It sounds so good in headphones, man. Yeah, yeah, that's ten in a row, Prof. The ham sandwich voice. That, that, I love that. I'm going to use that forever from now on. This is our next rocker. That's got a quicker tempo and a nice greasy riff with Tench banging away on percussive piano. Epstein's bass has some good movement underneath, and Campbell's solo is loose, sloppy, bluesy fun. Petty throws a dash of sleaze in his voice as he's in the mood to get it on. He's got a radio to play some soft and low boning tunes, and he's ready to find some privacy and make the magic happen. After all the depression and sadness we've gotten from this record so far, this is a nice reprieve. Get your freak on, TP! The following track is To Find a Friend, written by Tom Petty. A new bar It went under another name Created a whole new game And the days went by Like paper in the wind Everything changed Then changed again It's hard to find a friend It's hard to find a friend Sam, let's have it. Man, this song reminds me that Tom Petty was a Wilbury. And for those guys to make him part of their club, man, I, I know that it meant the world to him, man. By the way, I was a fan of both of those records. And this reminds me of that, man. Those it reminds me, it could have been on the Traveling Wilburys song, man. And the bell in the background at the very beginning, I don't know if anybody heard it, mm-hmm. but I think it's a bell. He, then you notice it, and then it's like like so fucking endearing. It's like, oh, damn, man. The, and the, this is one of those songs to where the more I heard it over this week, because, you know, honestly, man, it's a, it's a long song. I mean, it's a long album. And, you know, I didn't get to the end every time. Some of these uh, later songs, like, like maybe Cabin Down Below, was, it sounded new to me, and maybe that's why it was an earworm. But to find a friend, man, I like fell in love with this song, man, and the piano solo, the stand-up piano solo, <laughs> that's fucking awesome, man. I don't know how many it is in a row. How many songs are on this, Rick? <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> Professor? I fell in love with this song from the first time that I heard it. Lyrically, it's interesting the places that your mind goes and the things that you think about when when your marriage is coming to an end. 
for me, this is the especially the first the first part of the song is what's life going to look like? Am I going to turn into one of those sad cautionary tales, a divorced lonely guy trying to reclaim his youth with a new sports car, which I did, uh, always wearing tight pants, which I didn't, uh, too many unbuttoned buttons on his shirt, never did that, pop collar, hitting on everybody in every bar, repelling everybody. Because um, <laughs> you know those people are out there, and I don't want to be that guy. Um, I was that guy for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in in reality, after a certain age, it's really hard to find new friends. Those strong bonds don't form as easily as they did when we were growing up. We don't have the same commonalities that we share. Uh, and it starts off with, the, in the middle of his life, he left his wife and ran off to be bad. Boy, it was sad. He bought a new car, found a new bar, and went under another name, created a whole new game. And it's all phony. So... <laughs> I always kind of viewed this song as a as a cousin to the apartment song from Full Moon Fever, at least thematically. I don't know if you guys get that. Uh, I like how he was imagining the effects on himself and as his soon-to-be ex and his children. Of course, it's going to affect all of them, but we all know that some selfish dudes just couldn't think past themselves. And the days went by like paper in the wind. That lyric just gets stuck in my head. Everything changed, then changed again. Hard to find a friend. Apart from the subject matter, this musically, this song is it's a fun song and it's another earworm. Plus, it's got Ringo playing on it. Yeah, it sounds like that part where the paper in the wind sounds like Dylan. Yeah, so and it, the fact that the fact that you said you, you brought up the Wilburys, it could have totally fit on though on, with the Wilburys. Oh, yeah, it could have. Yeah, and those lyrics, man, those get make your uh, it hits close, man. <laughs> Every damn song. It does, but it's such a happy song. I mean, it's just, it seems like musically it's such a it's a just it's kind of bouncy and goes along and you're like, hey, it's kind of cool. You know, he could be singing about mass murder. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to find a friend? Start a podcast. Then you're going to find some friends. Right, fellas? That's right. Hell yeah, man. You will. <laughs> this has jaunty strummed acoustic guitars, descending piano. Campbell doing triple duty on electric guitar, choral sitar, and bass, and some cat named Ringo Starr and the Easy Breezy Drums, whoever he is. I guess here I'm going to mention the name Lenny Castro, who adds percussion to most of these tracks and does so noticeably here. And Tench plays an odd-sounding barrelhouse-style tech piano solo that kind of feels out of place. And I got a couple more problems with this one. It sounds a hell of a lot like You're So Bad from Betty's album Full Moon Fever with Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind as the chorus. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. And this even has a similar hard luck story as You're So Bad in the lyrics, except this time it's from the woman's perspective. Her husband gets a midlife crisis and leaves her, starting a whole new life. And then her new boyfriend moves in and takes over. And that changes everything for the worse. So this lady's having a rough go of it. Yeah, this one doesn't do it for me. It's a misfire. It's Aaron's a stinky stinker. Wow, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Usually I can pick them out. So. I was guessing the next one. <laughs> the next track is A Higher Place, written by Tom Petty. We gotta get to a higher place and we gotta Somewhere that's dry We gotta run like we've never run No, we're gonna lose the light 
Professor, what do you say? Well, the bird's influence is back, and even stronger this time. It's got that bright jangle, that place where you hope you hope against hope that uh, you can salvage what you have. Like the lyric, well, I fool myself and I don't know why. I thought we could ride this out. I was up all night making up my mind, but now I've got my doubts. Got my eye on the waterline trying to keep my sense of humor. Um, we don't get to a higher place and find somebody, can help somebody, might be nobody no more. Yeah, it's over, buddy. <laughs> you can't, there's no, there's just, it's just not going to work. You just realize it's just too late. Benmont's harmonium. First of all, Ben Montench has been his secret weapon for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he really fills that role in this. Him and Campbell, the three of them, that was the trinity right there. That windy guitar solo noodling at the end is fitting and so tasty. And this is just another in a long line of well-written songs lyrically and musically. Sam. Oh, shit. This is a solid track. Is that a Militron? What did you say it was, Ray? And that was a Harmonium. Harmonium. I thought that was a Mellotron. I got that wrote down. But that like a little solo thing after the bridge, I really dig that. Other than that, man, the song, I mean, it's kind of dragging for me right now. I feel like we've already done this before in the song. The song on its own, I would not skip. If it came on the radio, I'd crank it. I I like it. I mean, it's, it's great. But with the album, it's a good song. It's okay. It's a meh. It just it beats you up after a while because it's, it's long. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, but I'm still depressed. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the 12th song in a 15 song album, and it's we get it. <laughs> By this time, we get it. You know, life sucks. We get it. This very much sounds like a song that could fit on the Jeff Lynne produced Petty albums, Full Moon Fever, and Into the Great Wide Open. It's got that flavor to it, the sound anyway. The sound heavily emphasizes Petty's strummed acoustic guitar, and he's also playing bass and the harmonica again, while Tench is playing piano, organ, orchestron, and harmonium. But the keyboards are kind of blended together in this layered soup, so they don't take over. That brief orchestron, I don't know how you fucking pronounce that, solo is kind of weird, though. While the bridge has a very Beatles-esque feel to the vocal melodies. The lyrics use getting to higher ground to escape a flood, I guess, as a metaphor for some kind of turbulence. And I'm not sure if the higher place is a drug reference or if the flood refers to a relationship that's drowning. But our narrator has his doubts about it anyway. He's looking for something better, something safer. Uh, It's a good track. It's not a favorite. The following track is House in the Woods, written by Tom Petty. I'm going down to the house. Sam, hit us. It's another one. I don't skip it. But like I said before, it's starting to drag for me. This is where I started thinking the record's too long. And I understand he was at the most prolific you know, writing days of his life, maybe. And um, I appreciate it and I respect it. Because this is not a bad song either, man. But it's starting, like I said, it's starting to drag for me. But I love the way it sounds, man. It's got the steel guitar. 
And uh, it's and the overall sound of this one reminds me of uh, uh, Ryan Adams had a, a record called Stone uh, Cold Roses, and um, it sounds a lot like this. This telly's cranked. That's all it is, man. But it, it's really good. But it's so full. And it sounds great. And um, we can do better, guys. <laughs> Professor. Well, this song deals with that confused, mixed emotions of knowing you still have a love for them, still have a deep affection for them, or at least who they were, but you're no longer in love with them and it's no longer working for you. Uh, you got to get away and have some time to yourself to sort it out. A house in the woods headspace, so to speak. Sonically, this bluesy dirge of a song fits that headspace perfectly, but I'm with you, Sam. It's it's a little too much. And plus, it has that extended play out part that has that I want you, she's so heavy vibe to it without the abrupt stop. And it just, it kind of grinds you down a bit. And I'm kind of grinded down with the emotional drudgery of this anyway. So, and when I was listening to this, I never listened to this album all the way through. I stopped, I usually stopped around 10 and then I would come back and listen to the last five. So, so, but to listen to the whole thing all the way through, I did that like three times and it's just, it's a bit much. You get just, it just drags you down a little too much. And you're just like, yeah, I got to listen to something else. So I kept flipping over to Van Halen or something. Or, yeah, uh, Pantera. <laughs> yeah, or even even ZZ Top. I just kept going along to those two. So. DLS. <laughs> now, see, this is where the record comes back for me. It's our final rocker on the record. This is slow and plodding with tons of open space and Ferroni's drum beat, and it coalesces on a descending guitar figure that Petty and Campbell embellish with melodic fills, a guy named Marty Rifkin on pedal steel guitar, and Campbell develops a cool-ass walking bass line for the tune's outro. Tension's piano's under there, too, kind of peeking out from time to time, and there are saxophones, four of them, that are solo in the mix, it's easy not to notice them, and how much they need to be here is questionable, as they're not much more than a sound thickener. But let's give them their due. Their names are Brandon Fields, Gary Herbig, Jim Horn, and Kim Hutchcroft. The lyrics to me are about a secret getaway place deep in the woods where there isn't a neighbor for 9 or 10 miles, so what else can you do but make a little love with your baby? This one's a definite winner for me. I get on that woozy groove, and I just ride with it, baby. The penultimate track is Crawling Back to You, written by Tom Petty. Waiting by the side of the road For day to break so we could go Down into Los Angeles With dirty hands and worn out knees Ooh, I keep crawling back to you Professor, come on now. Well, at first I thought this was about how he kept returning to the familiar. And then when you really listen to it, you get the impression that he's turning to an old friend or maybe a combination of both. The song has a melancholy feel to it, more like a resignation. Uh, Hey, baby, there's something in your eyes trying to say to me that I'm going to be all right. If I believe in you, it's all I want to do. This is kind of like a, a downer of a song, too, but the he's got probably one of the greatest lines he's ever written is, I'm so tired of being tired. Yes. Sure as night will follow the day. Most things I worry about never happen anyway. I mean, that's... That whole verse. That, that's, yeah, that's incredible and so damn true. <laughs> so how many times have we worried about stuff that never happened and never could happen? And it's those, 
you know, 4.30 in the morning phone calls where your life will just change. That's what ruins things. And nobody ever sees them coming. But, yeah, it's, it's a great song. But after the first 13 songs, this one is just a little too much. Sam? I agree with Prof. Um, however, I like this, this melody way better. This is one of those songs where the, the lyrics are ripping your heart out, but the melody is uh, maybe uh, has some hope a little bit. So I like it for that. And so this is, um, I'm going to say this is a, uh, better than the last song. Uh, this is a mid-tempo number with Petty and Campbell's guitars interplaying with Tench's piano to create a quietly anxious atmosphere. And Tench adds organ and Mellotron flutes to give this a lighter touch. It kind of makes the music sort of drift along, which is also how Petty's singing again. Campbell's guitar has this chorus effect on it that dulls the edges of the solo, and the lyrics are a bit confusing for me. There's some cool Dylan-esque imagery of dirty hands, worn-out knees, barroom fights, and different characters like the ranger, the chambermaid, the sidekick, and the Indian. But what does it mean? I don't know. But I get a sense of exhaustion and depression. But the last verse is where it all comes together. You're right, Prof. I'm so tired of being tired and fucking A. I can connect to that feeling. There's a haunting quality to this track that makes it stand out, and I'm all in on it. And that brings us to the final track, Wake Up Time, written by Tom Petty. About this last one, Sam. I really like the way you ended this record. I mean, after the the, the depression of the last four something songs, uh, which is they were all great songs, but he's giving himself a pep talk here, and he's right, man. And I can re- really relate to that, and I think everybody can. But, and it's a great way it's to end an absolutely brilliant album. The orchestra in the background gives the song like a uh, like a mood. It really hit me in the feels, and uh, it's a breather for an ender which makes it worth and that's what how you why you power through the last three four songs to you know because it, it wraps up he's got a nice uh, beautiful little bow on this one and i think it's a it's a great one i'll, I'll come i'll like download this one on my playlist i really like it professor well there comes a time with every difficult decision that you realize taking stock of how it's going to change everything and thinking through each possible scenario, you come to the conclusion that this taking into account is actually an avoidance from making the decision and taking any kind of action. It's basically a contemplation of your own navel. The rubber has got to meet the road. This one is a, it gets me when he says you feel like a poor boy a long way from home. You know, this is the spot you never thought you were going to be and you're just, you're in pain. And then uh, you're a poor boy alone in this world. You know, it all comes down to it. We're all basically going to die alone. We're going to be have people around us. It's just it is what it is. And it's wake up time, time to open your eyes and rise and shine and do something. I think this is a really I like how you put that orchestration. It, it kind of reminds me of a sunrise. 
They're like, it's time to start doing something. It's, it's morning's here. We got to get moving. Kind of like with that time to move on song. Yeah, this is a great way to end the album. This is just a great album. So, This right here is a top 10 favorite Tom Petty song for me. I'm not kidding. Petty himself plays the gospel-tinged piano that forms the basis of the music, and he's joined by Ferroni on a slow waltz beat with Campbell on very basic bass. And crucially, Michael Kamen's orchestrations add just the right touch of melancholy to rising hopefulness that emotionally connects the dots of the music. But it's Petty's voice that really sells the song for me. As he gives us a pep talk, I think you even use those words, Sam, like a life coach. When you're young and you start out all positive, looking to follow your dreams, and then when you get out there, the reality of life beats you down and you feel lost and alone. But if you don't give up, maybe you can find someone to share the burden with. And most importantly, just get up. Today's a new day. Persevere. Keep following your dreams. You never know what this new day might bring. I love how Petty's voice rises and gets more emotional in the pre-choruses. You know, you're just a poor boy. You said that, Prof. And then he speaks the chorus instead of sings it because it's wake up time. Time to open up your eyes and rise and shine. Okay, Tom, I will. Now that the track by track is done, we'll give our final thoughts and album ratings. For you new listeners, the rating is a zero to five system with five being a favorite album of ours, all the way down to a zero, which couldn't get to a higher place and drown in the flood. Sam, what are your final thoughts on Wildflowers? Well, man, I was thinking about the context that this record came out in, man. You guys remember 1994. Like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Super Unknown came out. Vitology. The Oasis that definitely maybe. The Downward Spiral. Beastie Boys. I'm just looking down the list here, man. Monster by R.E.M. Under the Pink from Tori Amos. Grace from Jeff Buckley, Jar of Flies, Purple from Stone Temple Pilots, man. It was a different time. The Vision Bell by Pink Floyd came out then, Far Beyond Driven, Pantera. This motherfucker was able to do what he always did, essentially, just write great songs and, uh, and, and play them spot on perfectly and cut through all the minutia of what was happening, was trendy at the time, and put out a fucking masterpiece. This is a five. Prof. Well, Petty called this the best thing he'd ever done. Uh, and it happened at a perfect time for him in his career. He knew who he was as a musician and as a songwriter and was comfortable pulling back the curtain on himself. And, you know, wow. When you think about it, uh, over 50% of the marriages in the United States end in divorce. And this album resonates with so many people because of that fact. Um, even if you haven't gone through it yourself, you, you've been hit by it somehow. And you know that this album is about a specific pain that can break your spirit. It's a perspective on a landscape that so many have gone through on one level or another. It's mature, sober, and in parts, very humorous. When Petty died in 2017, we really lost a musical treasure, even if we didn't realize it. And anyway, I can see that my rating could be biased because of my affection that I have for this album, informing my opinion based on who gave it to me and how the music really helped me through a tough time. But this is a five all the way. And the easiest five. Wildflowers is credited to Tom Petty as a solo album away from his longtime backing band, The Heartbreakers. But come on, let's be real. This is a Tom Petty and The Heartbreakers album. At least one Heartbreaker appears on every track. Now, I will say that the record does feel different. This is far from the rock and roll abandon of Petty's early days. 
These are well-crafted pop rock tunes that show a maturity in songwriting from the then middle-aged Petty, and he was firmly in control of the material. There was no democratic process involved here. Prior to this record, the band had been working for years with ELO's Jeff Lynn, Petty's traveling Wilbury's brother, as producer. And his style was to record the song's parts piecemeal and put the parts together to shape the tunes. For this project, Petty decided to go with Rick Rubin, a producer known for his hip-hop and heavy metal background, and much more of a less hands-on type of guy behind the boards, and the songs were mostly recorded together by the musicians in the studio. The Wildflowers project was recorded over a year and a half. Petty took his time with it, which also coincided with a fertile, creative peak in his songwriting that saw the band record a plethora of songs and had them at one point considering making it a double album. In the end, they caved into record company pressure and 15 tracks were selected from a batch of 25, with the rest seeing the light of day on future releases. The album cover was four photographs in black and sepia tones of a bowl on a table, a hand pointing over a mixing board, Patty looking out a window, and a musician playing a violin over a sandpaper background in a poppy flower graphic in the corner. And when Wildflowers was released, it met with critical and commercial success, with Petty himself going so far as to comment years later that he thought it was his best album. You said that, Prof. Now, I am a massive fan of Tom Petty, and in my opinion, he's one of the few artists I can think of with a large catalog who doesn't have a bad album. I mean, sure, some records are better than others, but an outright dud? Nope. None to be found. And this is a great record, if not my personal favorite. It has an earthy vibe to it. There's a heaviness in tone largely resulting from, I believe, the difficulties that Petty was going through in his own personal life. He was switching record labels. He was about to fire his longtime drummer. And most importantly, his marriage was on the rocks and falling apart. And this is definitely reflected in the music. The themes are darker, more personal. And Petty's voice has a weariness to it that's not present in his previous work. But even so, he still can't turn off his knack for crafting catchy pop melodies and hooks, and the shift in feel does not mean that the tunes are anything but recognizable Tom Petty songs, which means that they are on the whole pretty fucking wonderful. I give Wildflowers a strong four, and yeah, if you are any kind of Tom Petty fan, you need to own this album, but you probably already knew that. And from the R4 podcast... Howard Norman Epstein, rest in peace. We already acknowledged Tom Petty's death previously on the podcast, but I still can't believe he's gone. I fucking miss that guy. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast on all the podcasting platforms wherever you listen to them. If you like what you hear, please subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a review. If you'd like to contact us directly, we can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com are also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there's a link to hear each podcast. We're also on Twitter at R4PodcastAaron and Instagram under R4Podcaster. If you feel the podcast has value and would like to make a contribution to support it, please head over to Patreon and the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews page and sign up on one of the monthly tiers. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. We'd love to hear from you. So for the R4 Podcast, I'm Aaron. I'm Sam. And I'm the professor. See ya. This is a little number we call Give Me Some Sugar, Little Honey, Natural Bee.
plus a uh, edited it, right, for radio? Yeah. Instead of let's let's roll another joint, they would say what? It's like, like a meow or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worth. <laughs> so stupid. No, it was yeah, it was joint backwards, wasn't it? <laughs> Whatever it was. It was something stupid. Yeah, yeah. And that, that video was when he had on the uh, the Crocodile Dundee hat. Yep. He had the Dylan. And it spun around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the harmonica rack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Neil Young gear. And, start, and the Neil Young starter kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with the hat and the harmonica thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neil Young starter kit. I love that. 